Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Hey, welcome everybody. This is Man Up, uh, Man Up Podcast. 43, hard to believe. We're glad we're here and where is here. Here is Sugarland Baptist Church in Sugarland, Texas, right outside of Houston. And that's in Texas. And if you're not familiar with where Texas is, take a globe, <laughs> spin it to the U.S. of A. Go in the southeast part of it. That's Florida. Come back, a little, <laughs> come back a little bit, and then you'll see Texas. And we're glad you're here. Um, this is Ash Wednesday, and we're doing the podcast. We've got a great bunch of guys here. Even have some more that might be popping in and out. And we, we're starting a new study today. And it's six battles that every man must win. This was brought up uh, and endorsed by Mr. Kyle Trahan. He's our class deacon, and so we're going to go ahead and we're going to let him take the lead on it. But, of course, all the fellows uh, uh, will be chiming in as well. I just want to give a little reflection about Ash Wednesday. You know, that's a tradition that goes back uh, basically centuries, and I'm going to let these uh, the panel chime in. But I just want to, I don't know, it might be a little bit humorous, but I laughed when I thought about it, you know. It talks about how we should remember that we are just dust. Remember how um, how mortal uh, we are, and essentially uh, how worthless that we are. And I was thinking, well, I don't need Ash Wednesday for that. My wife reminds me of that on a regular basis, you know. <laughs> but, Boom. Well, she doesn't hey, she doesn't listen to this anyway. This is man up. And we're based on out of uh Sherland, Texas, uh Adult Bible Fellowship for Men. And what we do is we we gather on Sunday mornings, go over a lesson, and then we have this podcast on Wednesday night where we dig in a little bit deeper and we bring in some uh guest panelists. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys trying to deepen our faith and just become better men. And I'm going to go ahead and introduce the panel that we have here today. Uh, and then I'll uh, turn it over to them and let them give their uh, impression of the uh, lesson that we're on, The Six Battles Every Man Must Win. It's a book by Bill Perkins. And, of course, we have uh, our class deacon. He's a uh, insurance guy. So you're worried about risk. He's the type of guy to get a hold of. Uh, his name is Kyle Trahan. We also have our favorite policy writer. He's also a professional gambler. Mr. Steve Titch is here. And my name is Bill Cox. I'm basically a sales guy, but I'm a writer and actor as well. And I'm the director of the Man Up group. We have a Facebook page, which is at man-up. If you want to post any questions, and then we'll address them here on Wednesday nights and get the podcast out to you. Uh, we're also available, these podcasts are on SoundCloud under Man Up or even on iTunes. You probably have to search Man Up uh, Bill Cox to get the right one. So, And with that, I'm going to go ahead and first start off with uh, let Kyle Trahan uh, summarize this first lesson on the book, Six Battles Every Man Must Win. Um, thanks, Bill. Um, 
you know, I, I, I said it the other day in, in class because we always discuss our, our Sunday school class uh, here on our podcast. And, uh, you know, I don't really remember where I came about this book, but I do remember the first time I actually read it. And uh, it just spoke to me the first time. Uh, I'm not a normal reader per se. You know, I can, I do, but just not for fun. You know, it's just not what I do. And uh, I've read it uh, six times, I guess, now uh, while I wrote this lesson and everything else. So, you know, it's, uh, it, it just hits some of those things that we don't talk about much. And, um, and Mike Redding just entering our group here. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, this whole study in itself is going to review, um, you know, the things that we go through as guys. And how do we take that and, you know, bring it forward into today and stay holy in ourselves and strong in our faith, fighting for our family, um, fighting for the friends. And it's just a, a, a great study all in all. Um, well, I like it because it's got fighting in it, and I think it's, <laughs> I, I think, I think it's men, you know, uh, we're all in on that, so what we're doing, uh, and, and Mike Redding did uh, just join join the group, and, uh, Sorry, I was uh, oh, hey, not a problem, uh, I'm sure you got an excuse from your wife. Uh, <laughs> it is Valentine's. And it is Valentine's. So you better have an excuse from your Very wife. Good. I was upstairs with you. <laughs> oh, that's right, yeah. And uh, real quick thing before we uh, turn it over to Steve and let him introduce himself, and then of course Mike Redding, let him introduce himself. We do work on the tech team together, and you know there's no better way to make sure a soloist is prepared than to mess up during rehearsal. If you mess up during rehearsal, then they'll come prepared for the actual mm-hmm. performance. So you That's know, true. so so it was great. It was. Uh, it, it, it was a great uh, Ash Wednesday service. And uh, real quick, uh, Mike, just bring you up to speed. We're just going to go around and introduce the panelists. Kyle uh, introduced himself. He's going to be taking the lead on this lesson. And Mr. Steve Titch, go ahead and introduce yourself and give your basic uh, Hi, overview. Uh, Hi, I guess I'm the, I'm the only one probably needs special dispensation because you fellows all have other reasons to be here tonight. Two of you are on staff, and the other is a deacon, so is is working, uh, working, uh, servicing uh, the service. A very nice service beforehand, um, and um, and yes, the, the Ash Wednesday part of this is I, I did like um, some of the talk that that uh, he, that that our Ash was our our children's pastor Amy Sims who did the. You could call it devotion or the or the sermon, but talked about the the fact that um, it isn't about shame or or uh, it isn't about shame that we wear the ashes. It's that uh, God creates out of ashes. Ashes are a are not an end, a way of looking back. It is a new beginning, and so um, and to segue into that, to this beginning of this new study, uh, it's. Um, really uh, about putting God first in your life and and um, one of the uh, this this first chapter is something of an introductory chapter but I like the way he begins kind of with the idea that in order to start winning your spiritual battles there's a certain amount of surrender involved surrendering of 
your more uh, worldly self to centering on God, God's presence, God's kingdom. And well, those are my opening thoughts. I'll, we'll, we'll talk a little more as, as we go around. Excellent. And I want to go ahead and uh, introduce this, this next panelist. Uh, he's a uh, Army veteran, so uh, be easy on him. <laughs> and yeah, not Navy. He's Army. <clears throat> we hauled him around. Uh, us guys being in the Navy. But he's also an electronics whiz, and that's why we call him the whiz. He's Mr. Mike Redding. So, Mike, introduce yourself and uh, go around the, uh, with your overview of this uh, first lesson. Yeah, well, this is Mike Redding. Um, yeah, I uh, do uh, video surveillance work. But um, uh, I thought this lesson was a really great uh, jumping-off point. I think it was really um, interesting how he... He started out talking about little things. He talked about the sky and uh, you know, the, the star stencils, sky that he was looking at, and how he knew that there was more out there just by looking at the sky. But I think in a lot of ways, he's, he's kind of like me, that you know that there's more out there, just not sure how to get there. Um, and I think it was interesting in there how he talked about not knowing how to get there and asking people people that he thought might have the answers, you know, well, well, how? And, you know, then getting a, a variety of answers that really we've probably all heard at some point, you know, do good deeds. Just do good and you're good. Well, he said, I, I did good deeds. Or I looked at my, you know, the, the, the catalog of things that I did and, you know, I imagined what the scale would look like and I put the little weights on there for each of them and, well, you know what, I saw that the, the weights on the, the side that weren't necessarily so great were a little bit more than the weights on the side that were. So how do I fix that? Or I, I think as, they, as he went along and uh, talked about how you know, there was a friend that he had met that introduced him to God and, and kind of showed him the way, that it wasn't so much about necessarily just doing good deeds. It was the, the, belief, and the, the, the belief and the being along with the good deeds, that it was, there were two parts to the puzzle. It wasn't just do one thing and you're all set. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I'd have to say the same there. Right, and, and with that, we're going to turn it over to Kyle and jump off into six battles every man must win. All right, well, uh, I have written a prayer uh, kind of over this entire lesson anyway. Um, so join me for a second. Father in heaven, thank you for this and every day. Help us to grow in the understanding of what it means to truly know you. Even if we are not good at brick and mortar, we are great at building walls around the fortress of our hearts. Teach us how to tear down those walls and stand together as mighty warriors of God as we are intended to be. Bless this discussion and each of these uh, 12 sessions. Make us aware uh, that every man is in the battle for our hearts, minds, and souls. Help us to bond together. Together we are stronger and able to be to win the battle to bring us the glory to God. And this I pray in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Um, so, you know, the first uh, lesson that we're doing is over chapter one, and uh, which is live as nothing else matters. And the premise behind it is, you know, knowing God. Live like nothing else matters except knowing God. And you know, it's one that I've always struggled with, you know. 
I understand a lot of the theology behind all of it. I understand the words, but it's, uh, I don't know, it's just something still missing. It's, it's a hard thing to wrap around your head in the natural, you know? This, this being created us all, and for what? To crash on 59 as I leave here, or, you know, what's the real cosmic meaning behind it all? And I've always kind of struggled with that. You know, and it comes down to faith, you know, and all-encompassing. So, you know, I, I wrote down the meaning of the word faith, which is uh, that two there, complete trust or confidence in something or someone. And the second one, more appropriately, at least for this discussion, is a strong belief in God or doctrines of a religion based on spiritual apprehensions rather than proof. And again, that's just so hard. You know, I can't see it, touch it, feel it, taste it, whatever. You know, none of my senses. It's just in your mind. Well, one thing I've always felt, and um, so this is a, a rabbit trail that I'm going to send us down. Um, I've always felt that if you use the talent that you've been blessed with, you will realize your blessing because that is your God-given talent. And the title of this is Live As Though Nothing Else Matters. And I'm reminded of both of my parents' <laughs> memorial services these past few months. And nobody talked about how much money they had, what kind of car they drove. Everybody talked about how nice they were and how much they meant to them. And I think as we age, if we would look back, if we would kind of make sure when we check out our legacy that right now we're in the middle of making and then think about what really is important. I think it would change what we effectively do. Steve. True. I, I, I think well, this is where kind of the working out of faith hits the road. Because he writes in uh, how he goes through these various stages and and you can see them as a as a maturity you talked about at, at first and i think uh, first it's the i do good stuff my hope my hope my good deeds outweigh the bad stuff i do that there's a cosmic scale and i'm being weighed and the ancient egyptians believed that quite that was their <laughs> their faith uh, and and many people today approach that idea what the challenge is and this this is the challenge of the bible um, and of Christianity is this idea of understanding what a personal God is. Um, when I first became a, a real a evangelical Christian, that, that idea was a, a, a kind of a mystery. Well, what do you mean by personal relationship? I, I was Catholic. I, went, I grew up. You go to church. You, you prayed. You had a liturgy. You did the sacraments. What, what you, when you get to this idea and you begin to develop this idea of, of, of nothing else matters, you have to work at a relationship, just like you have to work at a human relationship. You can't, 
You can't just, in a marriage, you can't just show up every day, you know, great. Have, I mean, it's a sad marriage. Oh, we'll just have breakfast together, we'll go off our supper rights, we'll have dinner together, we'll, we'll, we'll go to bed. That's, that's not a relationship. That's, that's existence. That's an existence. And, and, and the challenge is, now in the Bible we have, a, as I've learned, there's a lot of models of, of individuals who've had personal relationships with God, and they were far from perfect people. That does not make you a perfect person. Um, what it does uh, and and I can testify this is it gives you guidance to live your life. Uh, you you are you are you are actually creating a degree of, of literal communion with yes with something extraterrestrial something I should say extra um, supernatural. I mean that's I, I'll, I'll right. come out and say because that's that's the big word we don't, we want to. Ignore, but we, we right. are, there's a supernatural there's, there's a supernatural center to all this, and you are be you are you are essentially uh, creating this relationship with a a what to you now is a spiritual being. So taking it back to what you're saying, I think I think it's through that relationship you you identify or you are helped to identify your gifts, and you are, if you are blessed. You you are able to make the most of them, not not that doesn't always happen. Um, it and uh, but uh, that's one way as men we can live out the expression of our faith uh, through what we do. What we do does not we are not defined by what we do, but we can we can reflect the relationship we have with God and with Christ through what we do. I think a lot, I mean, live as though nothing else matters is living out your faith using, I mean, I, I feel that faith is a tool to find the essence of the man. You find the essence of what a person really is by examining their faith. You find out their commitment. And I think that's part of it. I mean, it reminds me of the farmer who went to see the pastor and he told the pastor that PC. I, God told me to PC. And so he sold his farm and preached Christ when it might have been God was saying plant corn. <laughs> plant crops. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was You know, I mean, they gave you the gift that's a circumstance also and you can if you apply yourself do it full throttle with faith and I think that that's how you achieve and, and get a blessing by using what your actual talent is I mean so many people it seems like to me they reach so far to for a blessing instead of just being a blessing in their own little um, circle of influence. You know, this would be easy. You know, kind of, Mike brought it up, you know, that scale thing. You know, it's, I, I grew up kind of thinking that. You know, I was always a good guy. I always wanted to do the right thing, pretty much. 
Yeah. Right, right. Within when you didn't get, when you didn't within get caught. Reason, exactly. You're a guy. Was really watching we get or there. Something. But, you know, I, I've always been that guy, though. I'll go the extra mile for you. I'll help you out no matter what. Well, you and know? you can cheer. You can tell that that's the real you, though. I've known you all these years, and you're a deacon. You're always into the caring. It fulfills you. Mm-hmm. You know. You know, but... Uh, you know, I, I kind of identified when he said that, you know, as he was searching for knowing, you know, and, and living as nothing else mattered, that, you know, somebody told him, oh, God's up there with a big scale and, you know, your deeds and, well, shoot, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all fine. You know, I'm, that thing's got to tip my way no matter what, you know. And the part that I was missing all those years is that works alone, my good deeds, without the faith to back it up of why I was doing those good deeds, why am I being a good guy? That was the part that I missed for a lot, a lot of years. You know, you know. again, I understood what I was supposed to do. It just never really clicked, I guess. Well, it's kind of like a cheater, like a cheater in class. They might be, a, they, they might get the answer right, but they probably won't get the next one right. Or the next one, because they they copied your paper, but they don't know the method. They don't know how to get to being right. Or or when you really actually need to do the work, they don't know how. <laughs> right. And right. And, and oh, can you show me that one more time? <laughs> right. Because right. I wasn't paying attention to the last nine. Well, and, and see, and that may be the thing. You may have done it. You may have done a good deed, but you're. Your reason for doing it may not have been pure, or you know what I'm saying, and so it's not a faith habit or muscle that you've exercised. It's just a decision you made. Well, a lot of you know this, you know, trying to learn God and learn your faith and understand what what it all means, you know, is venturing out a little bit out of your comfort zone, you know. Uh, you know, we're supposed to do that as far as going out and preaching Christ and everything else. You know, today here in our own church, we expanded our minds. You know, some for the first time tonight. You know, um, we did an Ash Wednesday observance, um, where they call it the admonishment of or something of the ashes. Imposition. Imposition. <laughs> Imposition. That was the wrong word for me. <laughs> I knew that was wrong. Imposition. Thank you. Um, you know, it's something that I had done most of my life. You said you grew up Catholic. That would have been something. Mm-hmm. You didn't really question why. I mean, as a kid, you you may not have even cared. You were just a kid. No, oh, they're going to, you know, there you go. And bam, there's some ashes on your forehead. And you walk around with them for a day and you know, uh, kind of like Amy said tonight, you know, you kind of giggle and it's that, you know, internal, oh my God, I'm, I'm out of my comfort zone. It depends where you live. I've lived in Chicago, so you, I, Irish, Italian, I, you I, saw a lot of, I grew of, up in Sulphur, Louisiana, you, a you, lot you of saw, yeah, you, you didn't, so. it was, it was when you didn't, you, you knew the guys who did, ah, oh, didn't Yes, you, you, you could tell the Baptists you and, tell. you know, they, they walked around. Yeah. six. Exactly. Um, you know, but it is getting out and learning new things to try and figure out what all of this really means and how to live as God first. And that's what it is in this scenario. This chapter is 
how do you put God first? I've heard that all my life. You know, um, God first, family second, friends are somewhere <laughs> in there. Your job, that's like, you know, 98 on the list, you know, but God first. And, you know, I still struggle to find that. You know, I wake up in the morning and the first thing I do is generally pray before I get out of bed and, you know, I, I talk to God all the time. Still don't understand what in the world I'm doing. You know, it's, it's kind of a crazy sensation, you know, uh, to some degree. You know. Um, well, that, that's one of the interesting aspects around Lent, and they talked a little about this. You know, when you were Catholic, you always gave up something for Lent, even though you didn't quite know why you were doing it. One way to, again, sharpen this is, is you know, not to give up everything, of course, but give up something for 40 days you think you really can't live without. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and realize, well, you can. <laughs> I mean, and 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 that, and and again, using that to to hone that relationship with God, to to focus in on what you truly can't live without, um, and that's as generally the part of spiritual discipline. But that's one way. Uh, you 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 don't you, you think I, I brought this up during lesson the the young man in 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 Luke who. Uh, approached Jesus and said, um, I obey all the commandments, what must I do for salvation? And Jesus said, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Um, he, that had to, he had one more thing to remove, his, his security on his wealth. Uh, and again, something that young man, he decided, well, it, I can't quite live without that, so away I kind of go downcast and sad. I'll uh, give a pair of shoes. Hmm. I'll give him a pair of shoes. How about and, that? And and there may be, and she's always used a hyperbole in, in his lessons, but nonetheless, there's a beginning point on that knowing God is, is again, pushing aside some things that might be getting in the way. Um, and and uh, and maybe not, you know, forty. They said all Lent asks is forty days, <laughs> and and find and maybe and maybe just find where you go without that that obstacle. And after twenty eight, it's a habit. I was it takes twenty eight. Yes. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Twenty eight yeah. days to make a habit. Yep. By the end mm -hmm. of that forty, you should be well into mm -hmm. a, a new habit. A, a new habit. New habit, or just <laughs> removing the old. You know. But how many people go back to that chocolate after 40 days? Uh, <laughs> basically everybody that I know yeah. that gave it up. And usually by day 30. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of times kind of like the, uh, you know, I'm going to work out at the first of the year and it lasts through February 1st. And then the gym just makes a lot of money. You know, Not me, man. I, working out is an uh, easy thing for me to do. Uh, it's giving up uh, some of the food and some of the, uh, some of the bad habits I have. And, and, and you know, you, you know them. You, you know what you need to give up um, and to deepen your faith. And uh, but sometimes just being a man, um, not trying to make any kind of excuse for myself while I'm excusing myself. <laughs> uh, just uh, it's just life you know um, he talked also about the spiritual passivity you know 
We can get passive. You know, it, it's easy. We've done it in our political world. Oh, yeah. We, we went in, we got out of the farms, we went into the city and into the factories, and we worked long hours, and we gave up everything, including taking care of our family, mm-hmm. including taking our family to church, you know. And it, it's just progressed. Now, you know, we see it here in our church. You know, we have a lot of people that regularly attend and stuff like that. But, you know, how many people are sitting in the pews that are in la-la land, aren't really paying attention? I know I can sometimes find myself there, regardless of who's up talking, regardless of the subject matter, you know. And it's when we let that take hold and... Uh, was it lose our saltiness? You know, how do you get that back? And if you do, you know, what then? You know, how do you strengthen yourself back into? But it's the man up thing. You get back up, you dust yourself off, or you slap some more salt on. I don't know which you know, <laughs> to get back to that. But you know, it, it's something that I know I struggle with as well as that passivity that. You know, it's I think, easy just to let things go I by. think with me, though, um, and I'd like to hear uh, Steve and Mike's uh, take on it, though, also. Uh, I come for a religious experience because I have my faith that I kind of work on on a regular basis, but this is just to, the church part is for a religious experience, and it seems like my life pretty much most of the time just goes along just fine, you know. And then I have something hit me like my parents passing away. I spent a lot of those faith credits that I had built up over the years, uh, over, over that time, you know. Um, whereas I don't, I think faith is just like a muscle, just like anything else. You have to exercise it, and hopefully you don't have to use it to the extent that you have it. But if you live long enough, something will come up that will rock your faith. And you've saved up those credits by building on your faith. And and I'm sure you probably felt somewhat uh, after your accident. Well, that something like that. That to me was almost a. <laughs> you know, you always say, "Be careful what you wish for." I, I've been looking for a focal point for my testimony for a long time, and that was it. <laughs> that was it. There, there is no. Don't pray there for is patience. No he way. Will give you a reason no, to be I patient. I, I, uh, yes, <laughs> um, I really do believe. You know, you could call them angels. You, you could. I could. I was. I was spared by the hand of the Lord. Um, one way, or you know, however you want to do it. Um, there's. There is. There, now I'm a man. I've dealt with probabilities before. There is that. That was. That was. That was pulling a. A what they call a poker. A one out or one card to make your hand. Um, I that I walked out. That I literally did, literally did walk away from that, or now walking away from that, um, that I only had, you know, I had some broken bones, 
but no head injury, no spinal injury, no nothing crippling, nothing that will uh, really create a lasting health issue. Uh, that I, 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 it's it's God. I mean, it's it's it's, and, and I've, I've said before. I think I think we're far more accident prone, and and, and it's undeniably undeniable bad things happen to people. Uh, people do get hurt. People do get get crippled. I think sometimes miracles that it doesn't happen as often. <laughs> it doesn't right. happen more often than it, it it actually should. I think we are we are really protected. God protected me that day. I, I had more work to do, but He protected me for my family. Um, uh, he He protected me for my health. I and and. Uh, the whole thing has strengthened my faith a whole lot because, like, like you, I've been wondering, you know, what's it all about? And and you know, the, the, the passivity is still there, but now I've you know I've got some some scars to help me remember this. Right, but, right, right. Um, and so, so um, really, I, if anything, that experience has strengthened my faith more than saying, you know, what the heck. Uh, because you know, I I know randomness. I know how randomness is supposed to work, and nobody falls between literally a three foot space with chairs, tables, pianos on their side, not on their head or back. The 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 odds were just not there. That is not something like right. <laughs> so. Um, there we are. I, I, I go on a tangent, but uh, I, it's you now you know it's uh, during the day. Do I think about this when I'm either working, writing, driving? You know, it, it does fade back there. Right. But it's uh, it, it's I I've it, it may have been just another smack upside the head, right. figuratively and literally. Right. <laughs> it wasn't upside More the head. Smack upside the. The femur. <laughs> right, right. Uh, live as though nothing else matters. And has that ever affected you, Mike? Um, I don't know. I, I, like I said, sometimes I just don't know if there's uh, the choices. I know that the choices that I've made, you know, they have those opportunity costs associated with them. That I've made one decision and, you know, it's led me down one path and I may have been completely oblivious to the other um, but but actually I wanted to go back to actually to something that you had said about spending the, the your, your, your faith credits uh, I think somebody told me once or it was a story I read that somebody was saying that they were, they were talking about God and they said well God works on a point system and it may have been a comedian but he was talking about working on a point system that everything you do all the good deeds all tally up and then you know sometimes you know God will let your deficit spend the, the, the mothers that see their child under the axle of a of a car and they grab the bumper and lift the car up in the air you know that's God saying you know what I I know you may not have enough points mm -hmm. but I know you're good for I'm enough slide you on this one yeah good and then the it. the people that are you know I know I didn't study for this test <laughs> God please help me study for this or let me pass and when they don't he goes well you know I looked at the ledger and yeah you weren't even close so it was, was but, but you're always you're always in negative sure. on the ledger. Right. That's the thing. You'll always you can't you can't. Oh, I, I'm not saying that's what I believe. I'm just saying when you were talking about faith credits. <laughs> yes. 
Now, um, and for what you said about um, you know having that personal relationship with God, um, I think that it's something that we don't understand as much, but it's something that you strengthen. That when you know the, if you're alone in that dark room, you know the, the scariest place that you can be, that it's knowing that there is still somebody there with you. And the, the right. more that you invest in that relationship, the more that you know that they're there. Agreed. That no matter. I, yes. Yes. I absolutely agree with that. Very well said. I mean, it's a, right. the the knowledge and the value of the knowledge that you can depend on your friend. And if God is more than just God, and He's actually a friend to you and somebody that shares your life with you, it's that same thing. No matter where you go. You know, I've heard of people in their darkest hour or whatever, and, you know, on, on the side of a mountain or, or whatever. And the thought of just their spouse or whatever, you know, that one being just kept them alive. The knowledge, the drive. And that's what we're supposed to have for God. That's, again, you know, live as nothing else matters. That's what it's supposed to be, you know. Uh, you know, but it's it's how do you stay focused and sharp? You know, part of it is right here. You know, right kind of discussions. And we're going to go ahead and wind up. This is our forty third Man Up podcast, and we're here in Sugarland Baptist Church. You can find us on Facebook, Man Dash Up. We're also on iTunes and on SoundCloud. And go around the room to get uh, one final summary uh, of this lesson, which was live as though nothing else matters. We're going to go to the great angelic conflict. That's lesson number two. And that's from the six battles that every man must win. It's a book by Bill Perkins. And I'll go ahead and I will turn it over to Kyle for his summary first of lesson one. Um. Well, you know, I've spoken on lesson one. You know, it's looking forward to lesson two. You know, um, the great angelic war. We're going to get into talking about David and his mighty men. Um, really, really intrigues me. Um, you know, again, growing up Catholic, not reading the Bible much, and just going through some of that. It's it's amazing what what we can overcome. And the mighty men were. You know, mostly outcasts and, uh, you know, down on their luck, whatever. Flawed people. And for whatever reason, David and God saw something still left in them, you know, and there's still something to do, and it can change all of us in that same way. Excellent. Final words from uh, from you, Wiz. I, I thought it was a, a really great jumping off point, that it really gave us a... You know, started out at a really wide, broad spectrum thing, and kind of, as it we as you read further into the chapter one, it kind of focused it down, uh, and led you into what we're going to talk about in chapter two. Steve, um, I'm looking forward to chapter two. Uh, I won't be here Sunday, but I'll be here next Wednesday, because we're really getting into the meat of the book, which is really about spiritual warfare, and it really begins to talk about. Really, what the theme of this whole class and podcast are about are really the spiritual needs of men. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. um, 
and and how they are important, and unfortunately, how how often they are overlooked um, or taken for granted. And uh, I'll, I'm, this, that's we're going to go through this the whole the whole remaining weeks of the study. But we're we're going to talk about the conflict, the the spiritual warfare, and and you know why men are built for competition, and why we enjoy it, and 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 how that's going right. to get channeled. Uh, so. Uh, so, looking forward to that, Kyle. <laughs> All right. And thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Bill Cox. This has been the Man Up podcast, podcast number 43. And we invite you to get involved in a Bible-based church and get in a men's-only group. And if there isn't one, start one. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man. Created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man Dash Up. Post questions and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.